91 is probably not coming free, but he's also not leaving Ohio State. Tyleek Williams sticking around with the Buckeyes, and I, I maybe it's hyperbole. I think it is a huge deal for Ohio State. Welcome to the Podcast Daily. That is Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward, and uh, this was probably not a surprising decision, Bill, but um, you know, anytime you get that actual confirmation from the player himself, as Tyleek Williams announced on Wednesday night, uh, and given the nature, the position, um, the makeup of that room, getting one of the best defensive tackles in America back is good for Ohio State. It's, it sure is. I, I, when we left the the interviews with Ohio State players in December, whatever, like before they went to Dallas, it felt pretty clear to me at that time that Tyleek was going to come back. But like, as it kept dragging on, you you start to get you know start doubts start to creep in a little bit, and you wonder if something happened in the bowl game, or maybe he got different feedback, or something different it was than what was the plan was happening with Ohio State in terms of guys coming back but but no this is this is I think the the first domino and in, 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 you know in a line of a couple that we expect to fall here in terms of guys coming back to this roster but I I think I'm with you on it being perhaps the most important what we'll see when all the dust settles I guess but um, that room was going to be incredibly inexperienced if they lost both Mike Hall and Tyleek Williams and we still have to see what happens with Ty Hamilton as well but you don't want to be in a world where you're defensive tackle room is basically a bunch of guys who have never played before and now it's like uh tylee williams and a bunch of guys who have never played before so that's pretty good i think that it's it's really remarkable that it's not a surprise because we have been talking about it for a few weeks that we expected this to happen but if you go back to the start of the season if you were to like project ahead five months and you said okay who who on this defensive line should you just assume is gone right like I think we all would have said Tyleek Williams at the top of the list, whether that be for the NFL or the transfer portal or just a guy who seemed like he didn't ever really love football. And then something clicked with Tyleek Williams this year, and it has been uh, a light bulb moment, not just for him, obviously, but for the Ohio State defense. And I, I really don't think you can understate the importance of getting him back, as you guys have said. It's He was disruptive all year long. He was, uh, you know, first eight games of the season until Jack Sawyer really started to come on probably the best defensive lineman for Ohio State, maybe the best defensive player on the team uh, outside of Denzel Burke all year long, and uh, it, it's huge. I mean, it's it also is huge for just this narrative that everything in Columbus was falling apart, and that, that, that I think is a bigger, more important piece of that today, January 4th, than it is and will be on August 4th when they're starting fall practice. I didn't want to just say once again, that I was wrong about Tyleek Williams fulfilling his potential, which I was, but I, I, I wanted to find somewhere other way to point to it, to illustrate his impact. And it can be as simple sometimes as the counting numbers. And Tyleek Williams had multiple tackles in every single game this year. So if we're talking about a player that the first two years, it was flashes of potential and could he translate to be a play in play out game in game out contributor for Ohio state. That by itself is pretty significant. He, he wound up, Multiple tackles in every game. He had 10 tackles for loss in the course of the year. So there's nothing to sneeze at by itself. Those were spread out over nine games. So he was doing this on a regular basis. It wasn't just that he popped a couple times and, and had some you know, freaky statistical performances, which is what he did in the first couple of years and often against the lesser teams on Ohio State's schedule. So he showed up uh, and showed out pretty much every time. And I, I think that that combined with Mike Hall already declaring for the draft Still some lingering uncertainty. You would expect maybe that Ty Hamilton would come back, but we don't. Uh, he didn't really answer that question one way or another in Texas. But I, I'm trying not to be a prisoner of the moment because I know 
if Travion Henderson says he's coming back or JT Tuimolo or Jack Sawyer, I could say, oh, well, those are the most impactful guys. But looking at the room, Travion is probably the only one who would be close in my mind. And and I think given the importance of winning up front and the and I think a lot of Hero Canoe and I think a lot of Caden McDonald and Jason Moore and this next wave up. But if you and Taiwan Malone, if you had to replace both of those top two guys at the top of the depth chart, that would be a pretty daunting proposition. Yeah, it would. Tyleek had 53 tackles this year, which feels like a lot for a defensive tackle. Um, it was like only 30 fewer than Tommy Eichenberg, who was, who was a team leader in Steel Chambers, who was, who was also the, the, the team leader. Last year, Tyleek had 100 fewer tackles than, than Tommy Eichenberg. Like, he was a really, really productive player for them. And it's not, I don't know that we consider anything other than like tackles for losses or sacks as, as good production for defensive tackles, but I think we should. And, and Jim Knowles, I think a lot throughout the season made made the point that like defensive tackles were making the plays themselves this year a lot of the time, and Tyleek kind of spearheaded that, and and, and he did it too. Well, I don't I don't think he was 100 percent healthy. Like we saw him hurt himself in camp. Um, we were like the first practice. We're like, oh boy, like here Ty- Tyleek season's already getting derailed, and he was available for the opener. He played all year, I think, with a knee brace on. So I, I think it's possible that he can take his game even to another level. Next year, the, the one thing I, that can—it's not a concern—but he he played a lot of snaps. He played 645 snaps this year, which is up there in terms of defensive tackles in, in the country. That just feels like a lot. So there's still going to be, um, you know, a, a premium put on some of the guys you mentioned there, Austin, about like stepping up and taking taking on a larger share of the role. But um, yeah, I think I think Ty Leak has like all American potential now that he's coming back based off his production this past season. Yeah, the the goal or the the real crux here is how does he take that next step because he he may not because of all the reps that he's played this year and all the snaps he took he may not need to do a lot in the spring because you have five defensive tackles behind him that haven't played much but he does need to be physically better uh, as far as his, his his continued growth and evolution of him as a physical specimen um i think we were all surprised he played as much as he did this year because he didn't look like uh, you go down the roster and you find guy after guy who's like, oh, look at that transformation. Look what he's done. Look, And he didn't really look that different, but yet the play was much different. And obviously the effort he gave was significantly different. And so now if you can put those two things together, maybe with understanding like I'm walking into a, a real money year and a potential All-American bid and coming back to lead this defense, I, I do wonder like how high is that ceiling? He was a really highly ranked player coming out of high school. And a guy that Ohio State and Larry Johnson thought had the potential to be an All-American, and it, it's sometimes the the in the trenches it takes three or four years for these guys to hit that stride, and uh, you can see that he's definitely hit it. I think what I really appreciate there with Tyleek Williams is that he was pretty candid and open about what was holding him back the first two years. Uh, he he needed that work ethic to take the next step. That he'd been lazy. There had were some injuries as well. When a player says that. I mean, A, you get bonus points for being honest, but B, you have to take that self-evaluation and do something with it. Tyleek Williams absolutely did that. And so then when he continues to talk about the process and say where he is physically, how much the knee is bothering him or not bothering him, how much conditioning he's got or not got to go through the course of the season and play this many snaps, or when he says the difference in me is just being more mature, you can believe that because he's said nothing that tells you that he's lying or doesn't understand the situation that he's facing. And so three weeks ago, when he's talking about his decision-making process and approaching it as being more mature and 
everything, you know, being sitting down with his family and taking stock of where he is, like he could have certainly gone to the NFL and been yeah. a second or a third round pick. Um, but I, when he's talking about, you know, Bill, you you mentioned this, uh, you know, earlier on Wednesday that, like, in the, in those things he mentioned, who's coming back? How many yeah. of my brothers are going to be there? What other pieces are going to be added? He was thinking about all these things inclusively and also where he could get better. That's a very mature approach and a good sign for Ohio State when you focus on the who's coming back part. Yeah, I think I think earlier in Tyleek's career, and this I don't I don't necessarily mean this as a, as a criticism because you know we know this is this is a business, but I, I think early on when you talk to him, he mostly got the vibe that he was like kind of looking out for himself and like mostly focused on his own production. And I think a lot of what this what what this decision came down to is is Ohio State going to have a chance to win the way it wants to win next year. Because if they weren't, I don't think if Tyler didn't believe it was going to be, I don't think he would have come back. I think he would have just gone to the NFL, gotten his money, and, and tried to be on, on a winning team there. So I, I do think that matters to him. Um, and I'm not I'm not necessarily saying it, it never did, but maybe it matters more. Um, and you know, when you get your best players kind of thinking that way, as opposed to solely thinking about what do I have to do to get to the league, like you know, what do I have to do to get the most production possible, sort and, and not really worry about team results. Um, I think that puts your defense in a really good spot. And and also to your point, Austin, like this feels like a tell that he's expecting a lot to come back now. And he's the first one. He's the first one. We didn't know what this would look like if they would all announce it once. And maybe it doesn't end up that every single guy that we thought thought might come back a couple weeks ago does come back. But I don't think Tyleek would be doing this if if all of a sudden all those guys kind of changed their minds. So now that this has happened, based off what he said, I'm I'm expecting a, a rather large crop of players to return for Ohio State. I'm not sure why people would change their mind. I, I think that there is this bizarre notion that Friday night's game would push people to all of a sudden like, oh, everything's falling apart. Well, this program's over. Let's let's jump ship. I, I, I mean, nobody had that opinion after the Michigan game. Uh, I don't think even after a disappointment uh, in, in the Cotton Bowl, especially um, because the defense played so well, like I don't think that there's any reason for those guys to look at it and be like, oh, you know what? Maybe this isn't worth it. In fact, I think in a lot of ways, uh, it, it probably motivates them even more. Uh, now, they obviously hear the outside noise. They hear all the conversation about what's going on and is the program in trouble. These are the guys in the building. They know it better than anybody, and, and they're all talking to one another. And so, you know, to, to what you said, Bill, like maybe they, they don't all come back. I'm sure there's guys having some conversations, some last-minute conversations. Believe it or not, they still have another 10 days to figure this out, which no. is insane. Uh, in my opinion, I don't know why that's needed, but uh, whatever. I guess the NFL likes to to drag things on, but um, I do think that it's a really positive sign for the future if you extrapolate it out. And uh, Ohio State is in a position to maybe have the best returning defense in the country, and it starts in the middle. And you can't do that without Tyreek Williams. Shared a few thoughts on Wednesday night uh, with our subtext subscribers about that decision from Tyreek Williams. Uh, if you want a two-week trial uh, right there, you can hit us up at 614-662-4509. Earlier on Wednesday, Berm dropped some uh, notes about a quarterback visiting in the transfer portal. Yeah, it's not really a surprise. We talked about Will Howard uh, a little bit a few days ago, and the, the tea leaves were all lining up for that way. And I think that the fact that Ohio State is bringing him in for an official visit at the end of the week is a surefire sign that they're willing to bring him into the roster because if you weren't willing to do that, you don't risk the conversations that you had to have with Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholz uh, about the visit, which 
in itself is, is a fairly telling thing. Um, I think it's pretty much a done deal for Ohio State and Will Howard. I know that some people are interested in Caden Salter, the the Liberty transfer, uh, but uh, that one seems like it's <laughs> like as soon as he got in the portal, it's like he was going to Auburn pretty much as soon as he got in the portal. So we'll see if Miami can muck that up or someone else can. But uh, Ohio State and Will Howard seem like a really good fit, and uh, this this visit that's coming up over the next couple of days is pretty much a formality, I think. From what I understand, now the question becomes, guys, like, what does Devin Brown do? We're recording this on Wednesday night at 7.15. Ohio State players, because they played in the New York Six Bowl game, have a couple extra days to, or an extra day to announce their, their portal decision. So there's about four hours and 45 minutes for any players left to still get into the portal from people I talked to on Wednesday. The conversation was they think that they're done with players leaving. So I guess we'll see if that holds up over the next four and a half hours. If something changes by the time this publishes at 5 a.m., sorry, my bad. We'll talk about it later. Uh, but uh, I think right now, at least, it appears that Devin Brown, fully aware of the situation, is willing to compete through the spring at least and see what happens, which I think is great. And I think is, is a, it says a ton about Devin Brown, even though I know this is a, a crappy situation for him but because – the way the Cotton Bowl went, he didn't have a chance to really stake his claim on anything. So it feels like Ohio State is working towards a marriage and partnership with Will Howard. And Bill, before the visit, is already like, you know what? This other guy. Let's get Caden Salter out of there. Yeah, like he's he's a more exciting player, I think. I but like I'm not he's gonna go to Auburn, right? Like I'm not I'm not getting my hopes up there. And it's not the more I've wa- I've watched Will Howard more in the last couple of days, just to kind of get more familiar with him, and there are definitely things I like there. So I don't know that it's a slam dunk that Caden Salter would be better than Will Howard in this offense. You just kind of like watch. I do the thing that I tell people not to do, which is watch highlights and get really excited. So um, I'm, I'm I'm falling victim to that as well. Um, but I get it. Like he's going. Hugh Freeze recruited him to Liberty, right? Like that's he's going to play for the guy that recruited him after he left Tennessee, was kicked out of Tennessee. I don't know exactly. He, it, I, he didn't volunteer to leave yeah. the Volunteers. Oh, how about that? Yeah. So um, it it seems like it's. I don't. I don't want to unnecessarily get people's hopes up or like throw misinformation out there. It does seem like it's going to be Will Howard or I don't know or nothing else. I guess in this particular window. Yeah. So what right. is the rest? Sorry, Burns. Right. So what's the rest no. of your film study, Bill? Shown. I mean, we watched. What game was it? Uh, like Troy or something? Troy, uh, I think it was. Yeah. When we were in Dallas, um, and then what else have you seen since then? Why, if Ryan Day and Lincoln Riley want somebody, there's probably a good reason for that. What else have you picked up? He's pretty fast. Like he's and like straight line speed is is a little deceptive, I guess, for a guy who's that big. He's like six five two forty two. Um, I think is what he's officially listed at, and he moves he moves better than you might expect for a guy. Who's who's that size? Um, like Josh Allen. Yeah, he's definitely not Josh Allen. Um, There's only team. one Josh Allen. Okay, world. Him and Josh. Yeah, him and Josh cool. Allen have two things in common. They're both six five and they're both white, and that's the end of it. Um, but I, I don't. I don't think we compare their games beyond that. Uh, but he's like a little bit of a gunslinger in a way that like makes me a little nervous. Like but, Josh Allen. Yeah, but well, maybe you know what he is, Josh Allen. No, does he turn uh, the ball over a lot when he shouldn't? Yes. Like um, Josh Allen? Yeah. Yeah. Does he date, I don't does like he, I don't like where this is going. Can we end this? Josh Allen dates somebody famous, right? Doesn't he date uh he dates the girl? Wants. The girl. Kate Upton, I think. 
<laughs> no, that's Justin Verlander, the girl from oh. uh, the, one of the Pitch Perfect movies. I don't know. Anna Kendrick? Maybe. Brittany Snell? Nope. Let's keep guessing actresses <laughs> who are <laughs> Pitch Perfect. He knows all of them. We got. We finally stumbled into Berm Specialty. No, she wasn't in the first one. She was in one of the sequels. Haley Seinfeld? Yeah, that one. C.J. Yeah, Perry. One. Oh. <laughs> the sequels sucked. We're not going <clears> to <throat> dive into that. Uh, I think that the the interesting thing here is that it is a it's that got completely derailed. Bill was it, about to say how he was not Josh Allen, and somehow we talked about Pitch Perfect. It's somehow we ended up dating Haley Steinfeld. Good for him. Do you guys? see this as the first sign the first like hint that ryan day is taking this off season in a in a much different mindset than he would have maybe the last year i don't know parker fleming's still employed i i just can't say yes i i just can't yeah, i mean i don't i'm not there i think it is a i think you're both wrong but i i i i, I understand i understand no i understand your point i think it's in encouraging bordering on aggressive roster management move. And if, you know, we've argued semantically over what that actually means for using transfer portals and additions and, and, uh, you know, recruiting classes and all that over the last couple of years. But I mean, he could have, he could have stood Pat a month ago and said, you know, Kyle McCord, you are going to start the cotton bowl. You will have the first reps going into spring ball the status quo likely would have stayed put. Maybe you would have lost Devin Brown in that situation. I don't know. But that would have been the conservative move to just say, we're good with that. Um, and once that situation, once that domino fell, could have said the same thing to Devin Brown. And and he did not. So in terms of that part of Ryan Day's job, I think, Berm, that you are probably correct. But there have already been numerous opportunities with the rest of the program to be quote unquote aggressive or the way I look like to look at it, be more urgent. And he's not done that. And the Parker Fleming part is the most obvious. And I just, because that has not happened over the course of a month, I can't say, uh, this is he's back aggressive. Ryan days here. I just, I don't, I'm not seeing that yet. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying. I, I just think it's going to end up all happening. And so a, a, as we've, as we've seen and talked about, I just wonder, if this should be a sign to say, A, this is him somewhat acknowledging because this conversation with Will Howard started like a month ago. It wasn't just in the last week. Acknowledging that maybe he evaluated wrong on Kyle McCord. Um, I also think that the conversation that you have to have with Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholz or that you've had to have had at this point is interesting. And I think the decision to say, we're we're going after a one year guy here, like is a is a good way to salve any potential ego bruises that may have happened. This is not us throwing away your future, but we we're not good enough right now, and we need. So I actually really like the the move. It it's not official yet, but when it does become official, I think people should be stoked about it um, because I, like you're getting one of the three best quarterbacks in the transfer portal. You know, and I, I think that why would anyone be why would that not be viewed as a as a overwhelming positive, especially when you consider, you know, how the offense looked with what we saw in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, I think I think the move could be viewed as a positive in that way. 
I just wish that everything else, the program was treated with the same urgency and it doesn't seem to be. Yeah. I just wonder if we're not like, we're not privy to it. That's the way I, that's the way I see it. Like, I think there's probably things happening that we're not privy to. And I would just implore people to like, let the AFCA happen this weekend in San Antonio and see how things shake out after that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm willing to football coaches association uh, annual meetings are happening this weekend. And as you guys know, but maybe listeners and readers and people don't like, this is the weekend where the donuts get made in a lot of the coaching world, right? Where people find new jobs, for example. Somehow they've been able to do that a lot over the last month without going to a convention and getting drunk. But um, maybe well, there will be some delicious donuts made. There's a difference. Those are coaches that people want to hire. Oh. Oh. Wow. You've just really cut to, cut to the core. I just, I just want people to like, it's okay. We're in a recruiting dead period. Like get through these, de- like things are going to happen. Okay. They're going to happen because there's no way that Ryan day can allow the status quo to maintain and feel like it's, it is serving his job next year or his job in the future. This is a guy who this is his first head coaching job. And I feel like if, if it ends in the way that people are are preparing for it to end in this this doom and gloom, like it, it affects the rest of his life in, in the profession. You don't go from coaching Texas to coaching FAU unless something goes horribly wrong, right? So, you know what I mean? Like, what a weirdly specific proposition. No one wants that to happen, <laughs> and I don't think Ryan Day is going to put himself in a position uh, selfishly. Uh, to to allow that to occur, and I, I want people to just let the process play out. That's all, and that includes you too. I'm sorry to have to do this to you on on the podcast, but I need you guys to stop. You're I'm asking just me saying, to trust the process. I can do. I'm, I'm trust the process. I'm just saying, take the layup. Like, th- think how much different the rest of the perception of the program could have been for the last month if the I'm first saying, move had been made like i that, get it i get that but that's some point the 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 fact is you haven't been playing the game yet now you're playing the game you're in the end game now gentlemen we're in the end game now who's from uh who's from uh <laughs> he's got the gauntlet it's it's the snap it, it's all right snap we're done uh happy thursday enjoy the rest of your day uh, Tyleek Williams, uh, congratulations to him and Ohio State on making that decision. Big visit coming. Burn, do we know what day the visit begins, or is that still being worked out for Will? It's Howard? still being worked out. My expectation is that it probably begins Friday, but no one's been specific about it yet. All right, so a couple big moves there. One done. One potentially. They uh, did have another off- uh, Did have another transfer on campus on Wednesday? Derek Graham, offensive lineman from Troy. Six foot five, three hundred and ten pounds. Big kid started every game at Troy. I know it's not the thing that's going to get people all, you know, excited, but I I liked what I saw. From, I mean, film is what it is. PFF grades are what they are. You need you need two or three offensive linemen here. He may not be like the creme de la creme, but if you can get quality depth, you get quality depth. Hey, Berm wrote about that at OhioState.rivals.com as well, so you can check out. That, as we try and keep our our fingers on the pulse of everything going on with roster management season as it continues to swing along with NFL draft decisions coming in for Ohio State. For Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham, I am Austin Ward. This has been the Podcast Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow.